0: I'd say welcome back, but this is like actually our first episode of this, so Right. I'm kind of excited. So a little bit, actually I'll let Chris, you explain a little bit why we're doing On Air With. We kind of just talked about this, but...
1: Well, yeah, so um, we are really excited to launch this new On Air With series. It just gives us a chance to go a little bit more in depth on just specific topics and also with specific people because... You know, so often like the opinions that you have are shaped by the experiences you have and like, you know, we get like a quick snippet of people's biography on the regular Echoes on air. But normally we don't really get to go like in depth with, like, oh, but why do you think this way and what shaped that? And like also we tend to cover a very broad topic um, on the normal Echoes podcast. And now with On Air With, we have an opportunity to really narrow down. So, you know, we might do an episode on representation more broadly, and we might have to talk about more general things. This really gives us a chance to really drill down, uh, and with one specific guest, or one or two.
0: Yeah. Maybe sometimes a group. And so we're here today with a few guests. Um, We have Robin Flatt, the executive artistic director um, at Dallas Children's Theatre. We have playwright director Bruce Coleman, and he is also the playwright and director of uh, Andy Boy. And we have actor Xander Pryor. So thanks for joining us. I wanna jump right in and ask um, specifically, Ms. Robin, you commissioned this piece. Um, and so I want you to kind of talk about um, the piece and why this topic very specifically.
2: Hi, Well, we're, we're very happy to be talking with you today. Thanks for taking time. Um, you know, as a theater for young people, Dallas Children's Theater uh, really takes our role very seriously. Uh, we have a lot of fun things we do that are... Uh, for all ages, but we, uh, a number of years ago, actually, when we moved into the building here at, at the Rosewood Center for Family Arts, we um, recognized that we had a, an additional theater. In an, an addition, We have the 400-seat theater, but we also have a smaller, intimate theater, and we felt like this really speaks to us that we need to do something with this space that goes beyond the kind of programming we've been doing. And so um, we moved into creating theater that used um, really looked at the topics that are facing our teenagers, in particular. And um, you know, we feel like as a theater for young people, we need to be aware of what's going on in the world of our young people, where they're ha- facing uh, joys, but also where they're facing obstacles. And so um, we developed a series of plays we call our Tough, T- Tough Teen Topics series. And um, we've gone from the first one, which was about bullying, based on the uh, situation of a child who was in our program. And so that's led us to from that subject to other subjects, and now to this one. And this is partly due to the fact that we had a person in our program who has um, decided to transition. And this is someone we've known and supported, and we're very fond of. And uh, he is now at kind of, I feel like, almost our sister school, uh, Booker T. Washington High School, and he's a a junior there now, and together with Booker T., we felt like now is a very important time to deal with this subject, to figure out how we can talk about the subject. There's almost 3% of the kids in our our, uh, middle and high schools who are trans kids, and you know, here we are, here we are in almost 2020, and we don't really have the vocabulary to discuss it, and we don't know how to help them and support them. And this is what we do, is we try to open the arena for dialogue with, with people who have experience, who can inform us, who can give us the vocabulary and help us know um, just how to be good friends, how to be allies. And um, so, Andy Boy came about as inspired by by our friend. Uh, the story is, I think, beautifully crafted. We, uh, Coy Covington, uh, is my my cohort and assistant. Uh, he uh, suggested we reach out to Bruce Coleman, who has. Um, is, such a well-known person in our, <laughs> as, as you well know, in our neighborhood and in our, our, our world of theater. And though he's not, really had not really worked with us here directly at the Children's Theater, but we said this might be the very per- perfect title or uh, subject for him to help us with. So we called him in and, <laughs> and uh, came in and we sat down and discussed, you know, what we were interested in doing. We discussed the... Um, how to you know how how uh, Bruce can talk more uh, more clearly about this, but how to uh, frame uh, an idea around uh, this, the um, the reality of the transition and how, exactly what we want to accomplish with it. And one of the things we wanted to accomplish was to welcome people, give them a place place where they felt safe in and being introduced to the subject, being introduced to the situation, and um, uh, so we could have, you know, we could move all move all move forward together. And I think, I think right now in our country, we see so much division. And what we would like to do as a theater is to break through those divisions, bring people together. And I think if if a person understands another person as a human being there's so many similarities there's so many things we can support and we need to we need to get to that basis and i think that's what bruce is helping us do with this beautiful script that's funny it's delightful and charming and it's heartwarming and you cry and you laugh and i think everyone after seeing it will will go home feeling like they have they've really learned so much and will have very warm feeling uh in their hearts.
0: So it's it's funny that was actually my next question was and you kind of already answered my question but my next question was um asking why um you chose Mr. Bruce what was the what was the reason um was there anything in particular or was it just that you were oh okay great.
1: Um it really is um I'm even here because, uh, thanks to Coy Covington, I have been writing now for the last um, 10, 15 years. And uh, Coy has always been a, a big champion of my writing. He loves my way with dialogue. He loves the characters I create, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think you know, since uh, approaching the subject was very important to him that you know, I, I probably popped into his head. And, you know, meeting with – Robin and I have known each other for a while, but, you know, we've never really, you know, had such a close working relationship. It's been terrific. I mean, the Children's Theater has been nothing but supportive and and wonderful. Um, But I wrote the original script on spec. You know, we were just going to test the waters to see if there was something there. And uh, I contacted my friend Xander and his mom, Wendy, and uh, I started out very academically. I sent them questionnaires. 25 questions <laughs> and uh you know they sent me back their answers and then you know the germ of an idea started and it happened and i put together a, a about a 50 minute one act play that we did a table reading for the board the board got excited robin got really excited and we decided to do a staged reading of the play at a festival which also featured works by local teen writers That went really well, and then um, a large grant from TCG happened, and that sort of helped with the decision to produce the play. We're producing it now, full-scale production. And, um, you know, it's just sort of taken off from there. We've gotten some interest from other theaters around the country already and maybe producing it, and, uh, you know, who knew? (laughs) So that was, that's really kind of the process. We, uh, we did uh, a couple of weeks of development uh, in early October, which was part of our grant. Um, and, and during the, de- the developmental stage, we did readings at all of these different places around the city and did talk backs afterwards with members of the trans community and also uh, professionals that deal with psychology and things like that and uh, got a lot of really great info and input and the play evolved, and the play changed, and and uh, I'm really happy with where it is right now.
0: There, um, there was an interesting word for me, um, in um, some of the information that Miss Sandra sent to me. Um, the word curiosity. You had said that uh, that children have a healthy. They're they're born with a healthy dose of curiosity and I wonder how does that curiosity work uh, to your benefit and maybe to the detriment and how is that how have you seen that um, play out with the response to um, what you have?
2: I think curiosity is vital for kids is how they discover their world I mean they have to be curious at first they want to touch things and then they want to pull up and see what's beyond and they curious well what's over there and you know there's some kids that, you know, just that you'll be holding the child in the arms, and then they're just wanting to leap out, you know. They, they, they want to explore beyond who they are and where they are. And so I I, I feel for theater, for young people, curiosity is, is, is really a central component, you know, that we are curious about other cultures. We're curious about other people. I'm curious about, well, how do you put your life together and how... Uh, what's important to you in your world and you know maybe we're curious about how do we have friends we're curious about how you know where do we want to go with our lives and um, you know I think there's some questions that are easier to talk about and I think you know when a, a child feels like they're isolated and they don't really have friends and they don't know how why are they not having more friends, and why do I not feel right in my own skin? Well, what's going on there? So we're curious, and how do we help them find those answers? And I think parents that are willing to really find, help the child find those answers, those parents are to be applauded. You know, so often when we have the curiosity, it goes beyond what we feel comfortable with. Are what we are accustomed to. Then sometimes that the adults change or the gatekeepers in our world close the gate, close the door. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to hear about it. And you've got to conform to this and this. And I, you know, our, our world—we know so much more now medically. We know so much more with technology. You know, we have there's um, there are a lot more answers that we can find out now. And a lot more understanding medically about what's going on. So, I think we need to be curious. We need to be willing to find out the answers and willing to uh, look at them.
1: There's also uh, represented in the play um, when um, when it becomes and when it becomes apparent that um, you know Andy is going through this journey. You know, the kids get curious. One of the the other student says, you know, I have about a zillion questions, you know. And uh, so, you know, she's open to this new experience. And then there's another uh, character that says, I don't want to hear it. I never have. I never will, you know, and tries to shut that down. Of course, that doesn't stop Andy <laughs> from expressing himself. But uh, so, yeah, it's it's there in the play, too.
3: I just wanted to kind of speak to the you mentioned the possible the possible like detriment. Um, so I'm Xander. going through life like as an openly trans person means that I'm often treated as Wikipedia or Google, you know. And so if people want to learn about trans people instead of googling it, you know, they'll come to me directly. And in most cases, it's great. You know, I really do love, you know, educating and helping to teach people. But when I have to go to the doctor and I have to explain to the doctor that I'm trans and I have to give her a whole lecture on um, gender identity when really all I wanted was some medicine for the flu, it just, it can be hard. And it can be hard because the curiosity you know sometimes can be a little dehumanizing in like the fact that like some of the questions that people will ask me I feel like you wouldn't ask me this if you knew I was cis and I know that you're not trying to dehumanize me but also do you really need to know what my genitals look like cuz I don't think anyone needs to know about that like I don't think that's your business um and so I think that And I don't think people realize, you know, like the way it may make me feel or what they're doing or insinuating by saying that. But um, I do think that that curiosity can have that negative side effect.
1: And I just have a a quick question about that. Do you feel comfortable um, if somebody is coming at you in a dehumanizing way to correct them, to handle it, the situation, or does that make you pull back a little bit?
3: So most of the time, I do actually feel pretty comfortable talking about it. Like, um, like you know, I've gotten some pretty dehumanizing questions, and I will, and you know, I, and I do answer them. You know, like I literally only have one question that I refuse to answer. But what I do preface it by saying, you know, when I answer them, I. I let them know that if they were to ask this to another trans person, you know, who had a bit more dignity and self-respect than me, they might hit them, and I would be on that trans person's side. You know, like like I, I'll answer this because I'm a piece of garbage, but like I want you to know that this is not necessarily okay. And you know, you know, you have freedom of speech. You're allowed to ask questions. So what you don't have is you are not entitled to people's responses.
0: I got to be honest that I have I had an actual physical reaction because I cannot imagine someone asking me anything about my genitals. So like I was sitting there for a second, just let me calm myself down because I almost want to punch somebody in the face and that person is not even here. So um, I'm, I'm trying to get myself back together because I can't even imagine. Um, I want to know what was difficult for you mr bruce when you're writing like when you sat down to write it you you knew that you you had already gotten your 25 questions answered you'd already been commissioned you knew you were going forward to this uh, going forward with this excuse me what was difficult for you specifically when you sat down to write it and then also what aspect was it that you maybe wrestled with
1: you know uh writing is very joyful for me. Uh, It's something that I really love to do. And because of the subject matter and also uh, because of the participation of Xander and his mom, Wendy, um, it it never felt difficult to me. You know, I was going to tell a story. I was going to tell a story about a person. You know, and I had set certain goals for myself. I wanted it to... um, be funny. I wanted it. I wanted there to be humor. I wanted there to be positive aspects of it. I wanted it to be a, a safe place where people could, you know, maybe hear some information they never heard before, you know, uh, along those lines. So it, it never, I mean, I really felt supported by Xander and his mom. So, uh, that was, that was a good safe place for me to just write a story and tell a story. Um, and then once the ball got rolling and we were really, you know, on our way to developing this piece, you know, uh, Zander, I remember one afternoon, Zander and I sat together at BuzzBrew for about five hours and just, you know, went over the script. And uh, he was really honest and told me the places that made him uncomfortable. And, and he also, you know, encouraged me. I think it's a great word, encourage. Uh, he really encouraged me to su- explore some other aspects of Andy's life, um, that were not his life. You know, this is not Xander's story. It's inspired by, and and certainly, you know, he's encouraged the story. But um, uh, you know, to really get m- more in depth to to what Andy, what's on Andy's mind. One of the first major big changes to the story was that of the way it was originally told. The mother character in the play, great character, is very, very mother bear, very protective of Andy. And uh, she was really shutting down the the confrontational, you know, other character, the other mother character who wasn't having it. And, you know, Andy lost his voice. Andy didn't have a voice in it. So with, you know, Xander's encouragement, I went back and looked at it. And thought, you know, Andy needs to speak up for himself. And he literally says at one point, I'll take it from here. (laughs) And, you know, to the mother's credit, she says, go ahead, baby. And, you know, Xander, uh, you know, was just uh, his input was really, really valuable. And again, I mean, it it made it less difficult. You know, I just I I never felt I struggle is just doesn't fit with this because it was a, uh, it was a really positive experience. Um, I was most concerned about uh, how members of the trans community was going, we going to accept it because I'm not a trans person. Um, and, you know, for me, there's so many things that the character of Andy and I have in common. there's so many things that Xander and I have in common. So, you know, concentrating on those commonalities helped with that. And I've met so many members of the trans community, and they have so embraced this. They've been really, very positive, and they've been you know excited about it. And and you know that's that's been a huge relief. <laughs> and you know it's and it's been great to have. You know, it's not a monolithic group of people. Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own life, and to hear their stories and to hear about their lives, and and uh, you know, it's just it's been such a great experience for. Someone that, honestly, three years ago probably didn't know anybody that I knew of. (laughs) I'm quoting myself. Um, But now I just, you know, I have so many lovely different people in my life. It's great.
0: So I actually, I want to quote you. So I want to get this right. Um, Mr. Bruce, you said... Um, and another interview by increasing our awareness and understanding of these young people as human beings, as vulnerable young people among us, we can provide a supportive space during their search to find true identity. Can you talk a little bit about your personal story and what that vulnerability would have meant for you?
1: Um, well, you know, I, um, I'm a gay man myself and, uh, growing up in, uh, the seventies and eighties, um, you know, it was, it was about 50% wonderful and about 50% horrible. Um, and you know, knowing who you could trust and, and, you know, knowing who your tribe was and the people that you were going to invite into your life, you know, was kind of a tricky situation sometime. Now I've my entire life been involved with the arts and uh, I don't know why, but there are a lot of gay people in the arts, you know. And so it was, you know, it was sort of, that made it easier to find my tribe um, and to be with them. Uh, and really, I i joke, <laughs> I joke that I have one of the best coming out stories ever with my father. We were watching a baseball game, and he—it was a commercial—and he turned off the sound, and he turned to me, and he said. So are you gay or what? (laughs) And I said to him, I said, well, I don't know. You know, I've been in love with women and I've been in love with men. And he looked at me and he said, you never did do anything the easy way, did you? (laughs) And then we went back to watching the game. (laughs) So, you know, I, you know, that, that struggle wasn't nearly as difficult as, you know, a lot of other people's uh, struggles have been. Um. You know, I've uh, worked with a lot of young people in my life, and you know, see what their their journeys are. And I, you know, I try to be the best sounding board, role model, whatever you want to call it, to anybody that's going through any kind of uh, a struggle. I I try to listen. My life has not been full of a lot of sturm und drang. I will say, it has. There have been moments when it hasn't been so easy. You know, I've, you know, I've lost a job before in my life because I was gay. Um, And, you know, you think, what century is this? (laughs) It's like, that's exactly where we are. Um, But, you know, there was another job waiting. And it's like, you know, you just learn to be resilient. I think that comes with being an artist. It's just like, you know, okay, fine. So that there's a period on that. Let's go see what the next, how we start the next paragraph, you know. right.
0: Um. I have a question for you, Xander. Um, What does it feel like to be able to play a character that's similar to you? I think
3: that Andy is similar to me. It's very similar to like a past version of me, you know, um, uh, because I started working on this project two years ago and I was a very different person two years ago. So I feel like he's really like it's almost like playing a younger sibling or something like, you know, like because when I think about him, I think I'm like he feels like a younger brother to me. You know, like I, you know, I like I'm just like I want to protect him.
0: I have a question for all of you. I kind of want to speak to, I think. assumption that I think many people will have um, in terms of um, pushback right there's bound to be some sort of pushback whether it's about um, the topic or if it's about the topic for this age group Um, and for those that will say um, that these students are too young for those that will say um, this is more of a personal matter it shouldn't be on stage or Whatever argument, I can't think of what they might be, but I'm sure that there are many. I'm sure that you may have heard a few. Um, what would you say to those? And I can just go down. Okay, I'm going to go just directly to you. Okay. Um, this is another thing.
3: I... Damn it, Bruce, why you got to be so brilliant? Okay. Um, <laughs> so um, there's, uh, you know, a quote in it in from... Andy boy, you know, when he's finally kind of standing up for himself and, you know, he says, you know, regardless of your approval, you know, I am going to exist. I mean, I'm going to take up some space on this planet. And the fact of the matter is, regardless of whether cis people, you know, cis meaning identifies with the gender they were assigned at birth, um, regardless of how cis people feel about trans people trans people are going to exist I mean there is evidence of like trans people going back to like ancient Egypt and ancient Greece you know like we have always existed and we are going to continue to exist no matter how people feel about us and I know when I was a little you know I came out pretty late I came out in eighth grade And if I had known, if I had the language, if I would known, oh, being transgender is a thing. I'm not a freak. I'm not insane. You know, if I had, you know, been able to put words to, you know, what I was feeling before, you know, I'd had an internet connection, I probably would have come out a lot sooner because I didn't have the language or the vocabulary to talk about it. I felt completely alone and freakish. And so by representing it, you know, we're including people who need to be included, who are going to exist whether we include them or not, but deserve to be included because they've been excluded so, so long, even though we've always existed.
1: I'm going to misquote myself. <laughs> I've actually in the last two days run into a couple of trolls online. Uh, we've had a, We've had a lot of great press. Thank you to Miss Sandra for that. We've had a lot of great stuff online as far as you know, on Facebook and stuff like that. And, you know, people leave comments and there have been a couple of comments. It's been interesting because there are what I call the Andy warriors out there who address those comments without being mean, without being rude. They approach it with love. You know, somebody will say what? And they'll come back with like, yeah, I know it's great. Isn't it? <laughs> well, this, uh, you know, uh, one, t- I couldn't resist, <laughs> but, um, You know, a troll, you know, said something like, you know, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. And I said, I said, well, your approval and your what's the other word I use? Permission. Permission. Your permission and your approval is not required for us to exist. Thank you. You know, and it's just it's the truth. It's the truth. We're always going to be here, you know, and uh, we're going to live as happy lives as we can and invite people in who love us and treasure us. And, uh, you know, it's okay. Plus, the play is PG-13. You know, it's teenagers. Teenagers, you know, <laughs> talk a certain way, which I want to do, you know, not be completely on board with, but, you know, uh, it's it's geared toward kids that might, you know, ha- have a little bit more understanding of what's going on.
2: Well, we started out with the idea that it's important to communicate, and I think that's what it's about. And some people are not going to agree, and you know, I'm not. We're not trying to force them to change their minds. We're just trying to present: here is a human being that we care about, that we love, and that we think is an important. is It's important to acknowledge this person, and if they can't bring it upon themselves to do that, that. You know, that's their deal. But we want to open the door for that opportunity.
0: Okay, so Chris Chris actually, because he couldn't be here, but he did have a question. Um, He said, having seen the show, um, it involves a video. I haven't seen the show. So I'm kind of just guessing at what he asked. Um, He said it involves a video game, and he wanted to – He wanted you to speak to the video game and how it's a metaphor um, for a transition of some sort. Um, And he also wanted to ask Xander, do you, does that resonate with you? Does that metaphor resonate with you? So I'll give it to you first to speak to it. And then
1: Uh, when I was first um, conceptualizing the play, uh, the first question I asked myself was, what is a common ground? that all these kids can meet on. So what is the common thing that they have that will introduce conversation that will introduce Andy to these other kids, et cetera, et cetera, and sort of give them a good foundation. And most of the kids I know play video games on their, their phone. I thought, Oh, okay, great. A video game. So, uh, I remembered, um, you know, when Pokemon go was kind of a hit several years ago, I thought, well, you know, that that's kind of an interesting game. So I created, the idea of a game that was sort of adjacent to Pokemon Go, it's not the same thing. It has its own rules and stuff like that. But it's still one of those things where you have to go out and find things. And uh, that is what will bring these kids together in this story, is that they're all looking for Biddy Beasts. So, uh, you know, as they get the Biddy bitty Beasts together that's something that they can talk about and that they will have so I used it as sort of a framing device for the play uh, Andy has a monologue at the beginning where he's talking about the game he's explaining the rules he's introducing the different creatures you know giving an example of how to play the game and then at the end of the, the play they're trying to teach one of the mothers how to play the game so it's there hooray bitty beast yay I create this game I'm sitting in my apartment You know, I'm writing this play <laughs> Well, uh, this technological component comes along that's part of the grant that we have. And now we're working with video developers and CGI guys. And yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give the, the whole thing away, but uh, you were dealing with augmented reality, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> which is a term I've known for exactly 72 hours. <laughs> But it's, you know, Josh Grob is the, the man, is our main touch point person with that. And uh, we had a demonstration in the theater the other day. It is something that people will be able to, an app that people will be able to put on their phones. And it is interactive with the audience in such a way that supports the play without overwhelming the play we're also working on the possibility of you know doing some selfie photographic things that also involve these little creatures that i created and drew pictures of sitting in my dining room at midnight <laughs> that are now you know becoming they're animated, they move, okay? I'm not gonna say anything else about it. But, but the, the idea is is that you take the best parts of each of these creatures, you cocoon them together, and they become this other thing. They become the thing they were always meant to be. You know, they become themselves. And uh, it's just it's the best parts of you that just come out and shine. So I thought it would be a nice sort of uh, metaphor for um, Andy's journey.
0: I have one last question for all of you. I know. If you had to make a promise to Andy, what would your promise to Andy be going from here?
2: And yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I would want to promise Andy that we're there for him and that we hope that this play will tell a story that will resonate far beyond the circle of Dallas Children's Theater. We hope it'll resonate across the country and that it will open minds and hearts to hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands. I think it has that power. And um, we're very proud to be able and to have the opportunity to tell the story, because not everybody might might have agreed to let us uh, uh, step into a little part of their lives and to share that with us. So we're grateful and honored and have high hopes for it making a difference in the world.
1: I would promise Andy that uh, I'd always be there for him and that I would always... Uh even if we argued, (laughs) that, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I would would treasure him, and I would do my best to listen, you know, because I think that's what friends do. I think they listen. And I would love to have a friend like Andy.
3: I think I would promise Andy things are only going to get better, you know, that the hardest part of his journey is most likely already behind him and that whatever struggles or discrimination he may encounter is you know he can get through it and that you know there is always hope there's always light at the end of the tunnel and things are going to continue to get better and that you know just by existing he's making the world a better place and he's you know helping teach people And that I'm going to continue, you know, pushing, you know, the world forward and making the world a better place for kids like him. Uh, And the show will be running from February 7th to February 16th at Dallas Children's Theater um, at a variety of dates and
0: times that you can
3: look up on the website.
0: Thank you guys so much for taking a moment Um, to talk to us. And for those of you guys listening, don't be afraid to tell your story. We'll see you next episode.